0: Hey there, it's nice to have you back for another episode. And if it's your first time listening, welcome. Before we get rolling, I want to tell you guys about some freebies, some announcements, and some listener shout-outs that we have. We're trying some new things with the show, and I'm always trying to bring you guys some more value. So I'm really happy to be able to tell you about some of these freebies. Again, these are completely free resources that you can download now. Um, Before I get into those, if you haven't been to brettbartholomew.net, or artofcoaching.com. You can go to either one. I duplicate them on either site just to make it easier for everybody. You can go to the free resources tab, and there's tons of stuff, whether it's a reading list, a whole ebook of advice I wish I would have received early on in my career. There's a whole bunch of links. There's also a field guide where if you've read my book, Conscious Coaching, and you want to extract more out of those lessons and the tips in the book, the field guide is a downloadable staff manual that can also be used individually. And it breaks things out into exercises, things that you can do as part of individual development or staff development. But these new freebies are things that I'm really, really excited about as well. One is our podcast reflection sheet. and more of them are being added to the archive every day. So if you've listened before, I say this again and again and again, one of my pet peeves is, is when people passively consume. And that's a huge danger to leadership and expertise and mastery now is people just consume, consume, consume. It's one podcast after the next. It's one book after the next. There's no application. So to enhance your ability to really apply the things that we mention or our guests mention on these episodes, you can go to artofcoaching.com backslash podcast reflections. Again, the URL is pretty simple. As long as you have artofcoaching.com, just remember backslash podcast reflections. And each episode will feature a free PDF that already has prompts for you guys to take notes it will ask you for certain reflections what you think about this strategy what are some strategies you utilize there's fill in the blank multiple choice there's open spaces so you can kind of use it as a journal people have asked me for a long time because I've kind of joked about it, if I would do something kind of along the lines of Ryan Holiday's uh, Daily Stoic things like that, because the irony is, you know, I had worked on that as kind of a passion project in the background, and you know, we wanted to bring something a little bit more accessible and free to everybody. So this is just a really good starting point. If you like to reflect, you like to dive more deeply, or you just want to follow along with the episode, we've had some people that have done these. They print them out, they put them in their binders, um, or some people just save them on their phone. So whatever, whatever works for you. That is there for you at artofcoaching.com backslash podcast reflections. It is completely free. I'll make sure to link it in the show notes as well. We also, for those of you looking to find a mentor. So I get about 10 emails a week saying, hey, you know, what can you help me with in regards to mentoring? Or, hey, I want to be mentored by somebody. What were some tips that you think are appropriate when reaching out to a mentor? I got this so often, guys. I wanted to create a resource. Now, I'll be frank. I also got some really bad emails. I got emails from people essentially demanding that I tell them whatever they want to know. And instead of getting mad, which I certainly used to in the past, I used to just think like, why do people email thinking that they're entitled to this? Or why do people just DM me saying, hey, tell me what books to read? Because I mean, it was. A lot of them were really, really abrupt. Um, But instead of getting mad and complaining, I try to hold myself accountable and find a solution. So what we've done is we've created a free mentoring guide from the root to the fruit traits that I think you should look for in top mentors or great mentors. We also included uh, email cheat sheets. So if you're looking at ways to reach out to them that are professional and to the point, and you're not quite sure how to frame up those emails, we have those for you as well. I've put sample emails for reaching out to somebody that you do not know. And also sample emails for somebody that maybe you've met before because that does matter how you approach that. So make sure to check out that mentoring guide. There's tons of tips. It walks you through the process because, guys, there's no better asset in your professional or personal development, for that matter, than the right mentor. And that guide will walk you through how to find one, how to reach out to one. And it is free. Artofcoaching.com backslash mentor. Again, I try to keep these URLs very simple to the point and practical because it's what they're about. So heartofcoaching.com backslash find a mentor. So two new freebies. Guys, we did the math last, uh, last month, my wife and I did, and I had given out 939 hours worth of free content. So that stuff is there for you. And I'm still in the same boat many of you are. Listen, I still coach. And then part of the year I focus more on speaking. And now I'm trying to build art of coaching. So just remember, I'm not somebody that's sitting here making millions of dollars or anything like that. Um, you know, we, we just had a newborn and I'm trying my best to provide these free things, but they really only matter if you utilize them. So please do so. All right, some shout outs. Now, Another reason I created this podcast is because I always felt like the underdogs never got any credit, right? And I talked about this in our previous episode. What was it? I think it was your favorite podcast, Dirty Little Secret. We talk about how a lot of times podcasts or at least famous ones just have billionaires and millionaires and celebrities as if those are the only kind of people you can learn from. They're not. I want to learn from all of you. And I think all of you, there's a lot of you out there doing great work and you never get an ounce of credit. And I know, I know you say, well, I don't do it for the credit, but there's also nothing wrong with being recognized. There isn't. So I want to recognize a few loyal listeners and people that have just been incredible. Now, first off is Roman Gomez. Roman left an amazing review on iTunes. Very thoughtful. Roman says, since changing careers a year ago, I felt way behind in strength and conditioning. After discovering Brett, his book, his podcast, and passion for knowledge, I can say that his influence has helped me tremendously throughout the beginnings as a strength coach. If you need a push in the right direction, you've found it. Start listening now. Thank you, Brett. No, Roman, it's me that needs to be thanking you. People like you are exactly why I created this podcast. And there are plenty day, plenty of days where, you know, I doubt whether it's really helping somebody or, you know, I'm, I'm constantly thinking about other episodes I could have done that would have been more helpful. So things like this mean a lot. And there's also somebody else I want to introduce all of you to. And his name's Cam Farley. And what is unique about Cam is Cam is 19 years old, which that's not necessarily unique, but... He attended our very first public Art of Coaching Apprenticeship. Now, if you just started listening, our apprenticeship is a two-day, highly interactive workshop that is completely focused on how to coach. And by coach, I mean manage, I mean interact, I mean communicate, I mean lead. Now, most clinics are 90% PowerPoint, and if you interact, it's, you know, here and there a little bit, maybe at your chair. These are the opposite, these are 90% interactive through small group discussions, role playing breakouts, self and peer evaluations, all kinds of activities. It is literally the first empirically supported social skills based evaluation on coaching and leadership there is. There's nothing else like this with this format. And so Cam showed up, and guys, in this apprenticeship, we had an FBI criminal analyst our forensic analyst, I'm sorry. Uh, We had other coaches, we had a coach, Andy McCloy, a good friend of mine that owns his own gym in Madison, Alabama, it's incredible. But this 19 year old, Cam Farley, was intermixed with a lot of high level people and it was the first real public one that we had taught. And so he came, It it was amazing. So Cam says, I'm 19 years old that's studying, I'm a 19 year old that's studying to become a strength coach and I work at a gym in Madison, Alabama. The impact of Brett's apprenticeship and podcasts has had on my young life and helping me develop as a coach has been incredible. I've learned how to be a better communicator and how that is used in not only coaching, but everyday life. It was truly an experience I will continue to call upon for a very long time. And I want to thank Brett for putting them on. Okay, Cam, again, thank you guys. And if you want to attend an apprenticeship, we have one coming up in Atlanta. I believe there's only one or two spots left. Make sure to check it out at artofcoaching.com. Uh, It's all over my social media as well. That's January 25th and 26th, and there's a ton more. And finally, David LaPlaca. And David, I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing your name correctly, but David is a sterling example of why I created that How to Find a Mentor sheet. Out of all the emails that I get and friends of mine get, and many of you have told me you get, that are kind of disrespectful, unprofessional, David stood out tremendously So a while back, I was looking for a research assistant because I'm doing my doctorate. And I'm also, you know, we always try to make sure our online courses and our clinics and our workshops have tons of sources so that it's not people just making up stuff, it's literally supported by the literature. And I was falling behind massively. And one day I opened my email and David had written the most professional, kind, warm, reciprocal-based email just saying, hey, I wanna introduce myself, my name's David, I appreciate your content. I know you need a research assistant. Here's a little bit about my background. I'd love to help. Now, The only downside is David caught me right as we were about to have our baby boy Bronson. So unfortunately I had to put, I just had to tell David the truth. I said, hey, let me get my life in order a little bit. We have a lot of workshops coming up, but you know, David is somebody that, you know, I consider him a citizen of the podcast now and an extended part of the uh, Art of Coaching community. And so just, you know, a little email like that and being kind, professional and reciprocal goes a long way and shows your professionalism. And I know I said finally, but there is one more guys. Alexis Antista. Alexis is a coach in the Atlanta metropolitan area that came out to observe and just kind of help with my NFL guys last year. And I met her originally when I was speaking at a clinic at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. And what's up, Greg Adamson? Appreciate you having me out. And Alexis was another young professional that came up, shook her hand, introduced herself, was just really, really, really incredible. And she's somebody, you know, if you If you pay attention to what good communication skills, aside from just looking somebody in the eye and doing those things and having a firm handshake, use their name. And Alexis, she she has a very unique way of doing this. Hello, Brett. How are you, Brett? You know, or coach. Like she just, she would personalize everything and she'd show you that she was listening. And she also, along with Brad Leshinsky and Kevin Whitesell, helped with some of those podcast reflections. So she's came out, she's watched me coach. She is open-minded and she was just an incredible support. So if you guys don't know any of these people, Cam Farley, David LaPlaca, Roman Gomez, or Alexis Antista... They're excellent people to add to your network. Make sure you reach out. Age doesn't matter. Experience level doesn't matter. Professionalism and people skills do. All right, guys. Between that and my valued course coming out January 22nd, remember you can get $100 off. This course is the closest thing that comes to basically a coaching-based MBA. So if you're somebody that doesn't understand business, contract negotiations, if you're somebody trying to figure out kind of your way financially, if you're looking for any of these things, which most of you are if you're in coaching, because I don't know of many exercise science or kinesiology programs or sport management programs that go into a lot of this stuff or make you take a lot of business classes, Valued is for you. This fills a gap in the strength and conditioning community. We created it for a reason. And it's not just me. It's tons of other coaches in the strength and conditioning community from Andrea Hoody, Ron McKefree, Donnell Boucher, and it applies whether you're a sport coach or any other profession. We talk about burnout, finances, all these things. So, all right, that's enough. I know there were a lot of updates. And again, I want to give shout outs to the loyal people that are listening, loyal people like all of you. And I want to tell you about your freebies, but enough from me. Now let's get to the main point of the episode. Welcome to the Art of Coaching Podcast, a show aimed at getting to the core of what it takes to change attitudes, behaviors, and outcomes in the weight room, boardroom, classroom, and everywhere in between. I'm your host, Brett Bartholomew. I'm a performance coach, keynote speaker, and the author of the book, Conscious Coaching. But most importantly, I'm a lifelong student interested in all aspects of human behavior and communication. I want to thank you for joining me, and now let's dive into today's episode. Hey, what's going on? Wanted to check in with you guys. Here's another quick hit episode for you. Um, And this one should be under about 15 minutes. So try to stay with me. And I think you're going to appreciate today's topic. So I'm going to get right into this and I'll only give as much context as I need to. We can definitely dive into this on another episode. If you guys shoot me your feedback and you want more on this, we will do it. Make sure you send that to info at artofcoaching.com. All right. So today's episode is all about this. A lot of times there are people out there that if you're a really committed individual, you're a passionate individual, you're somebody that has spent a lot of time and you have a lot of focus and faith and and all that poured into your craft, there are a lot of people that will try to take advantage of that by the use of one really powerful tool. And that tool is guilt. When I was researching burnout, uh, a lot of this stuff, a lot of the literature, we went through 50 years of literature For my online course valued, which is all about like helping coaches manage different aspects of their career and professional development. What we found is that when you have somebody that wants to help is a natural born giver in a world of takers, and is often required or asked to pick up the slack for others, right, that type of persona those are the people most susceptible to burnout because people will use all kinds of different guilt-laden techniques to get them to do more. Now, I'm going to share some of my personal experiences. So around three and a half, maybe four years ago, don't quote me on the exact date, and it really doesn't matter for today's relevance, when I went out on my own, I started speaking a lot more. And I'm going to do a whole episode on building a speaking business and all of that later on. But one thing I kept falling into traps and I was too naive to notice it year one is all of the crazy things that people will do to try to not pay you for your time because they don't really value you. And we're going to go over a couple of those, right? And by a couple, sorry, poor math, we're going to go over about four or five. And these are archetypical examples. So it's kind of related to my book in that you see these archetypes pervasively or pop up pervasively throughout different ways in your life. So here's the first one and this one drives me the most nuts. So when I first started speaking, we would get people and oftentimes I hate to say it these were people that worked in professional sporting organizations or for big companies but it never really happened outside of SNC it really only happened within SNC and yeah, they were usually large sporting organizations. The credibility guy. And guy I'm saying guy gal, it's an inclusive term here, all right? So The credibility guy is somebody that says, Hey, we'd love to have you come do this, right? Insert your in service or speaking or anything like that, but we can't pay you. But listen, you know, you'd be able to say that you worked with blank, right? Insert your pro team or insert the club or insert whatever there. Now, what this person's really doing is they're trying to leverage a little bit of a vanity appeal. They're trying to say, Hey, Um, you know, we're not going to pay for this. But you know, if you come in and give us special treatment, this is what we're willing to do. And the mistake they're making with this, and I say mistake, because I want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt is they're not realizing that by a large organization, and usually a professional sporting organization that has a fairly significant budget by asking for you to reduce your prices, what they're essentially saying is we don't, we don't, value you. We don't value your expertise, or we expect you to kind of bow to our will because of the vanity that you can use to then leverage that. And sometimes, guys, it's actually even worse. Sometimes these pro sporting organizations will say, hey, you know what, Um, you're going to come do this on a budget, and you can't tell anybody about it. And they feel like that that's a professional thing to do to dictate that. Now, I've worked with professional sporting organizations and companies where I have to sign a non-disclosure agreement, and that's fine but those people usually always pay full price and they never try to insult my time away from my family by just saying, Hey, come work with us. It's good for your credibility. And by the way, you should do it for free. So look out for those individuals. And if you're one of those individuals, it's something you should probably stop doing, right? Like nobody, like all you look like there is a harvester, and a harvester is a special term for somebody that literally tries to use a certain kind of power, legitimate power, positional power. We're going to talk about forms of power in the future. You're trying to use that for your own selfish gain. And you don't understand that people pay, people, you know, their time is worth money. You guys have to look at your opportunity cost because coaches, and I use coaches as an inclusive term, consultants or whoever, Right. You have to understand, have you even gone through and looked at what your time is worth? Because every moment you're on the plane, every moment you're away from your son, your daughter, your wife, your husband, your partner, whatever that is, there's a cost to that. Also, what was the cost of you gaining your expertise, right? We know this kind of old one about the shipbuilder. There was a gentleman that came in, and I'm going to paraphrase this super quickly. Uh, there, these cruise ships were leaking, And so they found this boiler maker, this taskmaster, this repairman that could come in and and find the cause of this leak. So guy goes in, you know, eventually tinkers around a little bit, taps his hammer twice and the issue is solved. And a little bit after that, the gentleman that owns the ship gets a bill and that bill is for $10,000, right? In every version of the story, it's a little bit different. And the guy's outraged. And he reaches to the boiler, reaches out to the boiler maker, the gentleman that's a repairman, and says, "Hey, you tapped your hammer twice. Why was this ten thousand dollars? I want an invoice, and I want it itemized." Well, he got that itemized invoice, and on it, it said, "Tapping my hammer twice, two dollars. Knowing where to tap, nine thousand nine hundred ninety-eight dollars." Now, guys, that is a perfect example. You need to understand that when you provide a service, you should charge appropriately based on the amount of hours it took you to accrue that expertise, the amount of time it takes you to get there. Like I had a plumber come out the other week. I have to pay in part for his transit time. That's just business. Yet we have people out there that do not want to pay individuals because they don't respect their time enough. So the credibility guy is the person you need to look out for, number one. Number two, The pick your brain person. And again, I'm going to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, but there are some people out there that love to say, Hey, can I pick your brain? Now, let me say this first before everybody riots. I understand that there are times when that's appropriate and we've all been there and you're around somebody you want to learn from and it's a sign of respect and you don't mean any ill will. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about the people that say, Let me pick your brain. And they expect you to drive all the way across town or give them three hours of your time or go get coffee, even if you don't like coffee, more even if they didn't ask if you like coffee, right? Like these people just assume. They assume that you can meet them on their demands, on their turf, and that they don't even try to reciprocate. And then we're going to get there in a moment, right? But the pick your brain individual is pretty dangerous. And you just have to look out because there are people who are honest about it. They don't know what they don't know. There are people that do it. And really what they're trying to do is leverage their own private little console. And then there are people that will just try to get information from you to try to use it against you. And I know that sounds super Machiavellian, but it's just the facts, guys. All right. I'm not talking about anything. I've never been a part of myself. And these are situations that if you ask around people that work in a wide range of different situations like this, you're generally going to find this, right? Because everybody, hey, well, you know, I know you do clinics and seminars, but could I just pick your brain? I'd love to do this, right? Now, what you should do instead is, again, ask that person, meet them on their ground, say, hey, so-and-so, you know, I respect your work, I appreciate this, you know, I'd love to buy you uh, something to eat sometime, or I'd love to kind of meet you at your place, or I'd love to just find a way that I can accommodate your schedule, and uh, I'd, I'd love to learn a little bit specifically about these three things it's so much different, guys. It's so much different because, and this happens a lot on Instagram. Just the other day, somebody reaches out and says, hey, um, I'm two hours away from you. I would love to pick your brain. Well, when I look at that, I already think like, all right, there's a lot of things off here. One, we should always formally introduce ourselves, right? You need to introduce yourself. So instead of that, just right off the bat, Hey, coach, my name's whatever. I'll use Jason for an example. Hey, coach, my name's Jason. And, you know, I, I do X, Y, and Z. And then I'm familiar with these certain things that you put out. And I have specific questions about these components. Now, think about how different that is. You've introduced yourself. You've given frame of reference as to who you are. You've also given context in that you've actually taken the time to look up information that I or somebody else has put out into the world, oftentimes for free. And then you stated that you have questions specifically around certain content. Now, what that does, guys, is that sets the stage for you to have a much more meaningful, thorough, in-depth interaction with somebody. If I know what you've already looked at, I can have a much richer conversation. And this, again, it happens all the time. All people that say, hey, coach, how do you get buy-in? And it's really hard because you think like, all right, I mean, how do I summarize a 300-page book, God knows how many podcasts, two online courses, and a big part of my PhD stuff for this? You can't. It's putting people in impossible situations. So just be respectful, and if you really want somebody to reach back out to you or respond to you, state who you are, politely introduce yourself, make sure you've done your due diligence, read their work, and ask specific questions. Do not reach out to somebody with the expectation that they're going to give you your own little private seminar and tell you everything they know on your terms. It's just rude. So, so far we've talked about the credibility guy and the pick your brain guy. And again, if you're just joining in, guy is an inclusive term here, whatever pronoun you want to use, all right? Then there's the do it for the field person. And this is across all domains. All this information is. This isn't just strength and conditioning. This is everything. The the do-it-for-the-field person is probably one of the ultimate manipulators. These, again, are people who are asking you to sacrifice your time with family, the expertise you've gathered, the resources you've put together, all those things. They're asking you to separate from all those in the name of some kind of guilt or exemplification, morally virtuous appeal. They're trying to say, if you charge me for this, you're not in it for the right reasons. And guys, that is the ultimate kryptonite to committed people. Committed people, people who really love what they do, the worst thing they could hear is they're not in it for the right reasons because it almost will make them do whatever to prove that they are. And I've done it. You know, I've had people say, well, you know, like if you really want to help people, you do this. And I mean, I was speaking for free. I was doing all kinds of stuff. And there's a time and place for all that. But it was to the point where it just wasn't getting sustainable. And then I realized people were manipulating me. They knew that I was somebody that wanted to give and wanted to do those things. And, but you look at the budget sheet and you're like, man, like I just spent X amount of hours, let's call it 10 hours doing these things or teaching at this clinic and traveling. And I basically made less than minimum wage. I can't keep doing that. So the do it for the field person. The best thing you can do with folks like that, well, one, the best thing you can do is walk away because you realize what they're doing and they're not going to value your time anyway, but to do it for the field person, you know, it's just, it's important that you ask them specific questions. You know, it's important that you say, well, what is it exactly that you're wanting and how do you perceive that me charging for my time means I'm not doing it for the field? How do you, how, how is it that I'm alienating people by putting a cost on this? You know, guys, what other profession could you do that to? Could you go into a doctor and expect free service and then say, well, you know, if you were doing this for the right reasons, you do that? Of course not. That gentleman has to, you know, that's his practice. Could you walk into, some of you might live in small towns, could you walk into a local shop on Main Street and say, hey, I want a sweater, it's getting cold out, and when they say, okay, that's fine, 1995, would you ever look at that person and say, wow, if you were really in this for the right reasons, you'd let me take it for free, it's about to be cold out and I could freeze? And I think that that's the fundamental problem is people in our field and many fields don't consider these things. They get so localized with their biases, they don't even realize how they're alienating people and how unprofessional they're being and how insulting they're being. Most people would laugh you out of the room if you behave this way. And we do it. We're only likely to do these things. Here's a key point to people that are like within our local group, right? If somebody hired some motivational speaker they saw on a TED stage or whatever, they're very likely not going to be like, "Hey, this will give you great credibility." But if they are asking somebody that kind of exists within their own local group to do that, they'll leverage that. So that's another thing to consider. It's really, it's a lack of respect, and it also denigrates the field you're in because now you're insulting other people within your field, and you're creating this kind of lower price series or uh, um, lower price barrier. It's just an interesting piece, right? Two more, and these are quicker, I promise. You have the non-reciprocator. Now, this has happened. It happened with me recently. Somebody asked me to make an introduction to somebody. And, you know, this is somebody that can help them scale what they're doing and, and help them make some quick progress. And I don't mean quick as in like a hack. I mean, just it can help them. It's the right person for the job, right? So it saves them a lot of issues. And this person had said, hey, you know, what problems do you have? So boom, that was awesome. Like right away, they're being thoughtful. So I stayed a couple of issues and uh, he's like, well, I have some resources. I can help you with that. And, you know, so at the end of the email, I'm always really big guys. I try my best. Like if I say I'm going to connect you with somebody and I forget I'm imperfect sometimes. So again, everybody gets the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to try to do that right away. All of a sudden we're going on three weeks and this person's like, oh yeah, I'm going to get that. I totally forgot. You know, just text me tomorrow, text him tomorrow. Hey, don't want to bother you. Just a reminder, oh yeah, listen, I got I got this and yeah, I'm gonna do that. like hit me next week, and you all know this person. It could even be a family member. It could be any number of individuals in your lives, but they're those takers. They're those people that, again, they prey on your commitment, your desire to help, and they're never there to help you. That's the non-reciprocator. Finally, and of course, this is not an inclusive list. I'm sure I'll come up with about six more tomorrow. And uh, you know what? Actually, I'd love if you guys are on Twitter or Instagram, whatever you want to do, um, you know, add your own and hashtag it Conscious Coaching. If you're on Twitter, that's easier. We can follow that or, you know, pod like that. It's just interesting to see what other people come up with, right? That's why I say the hashtag because it allows people to follow the chain. I think they're as cheesy as you guys do, whatever. The last one is the big promiser. The big promiser is somebody like, oh, if you come speak for us or if you get of us this rate or if you could just make this exception. All blank. And that could be all connected with this heavy hitter over here. I'll put in a good word over here. I can guarantee you the next time you come out, we'll pay you this. Oh man, have I gotten that one? Hey coach, if you could just come out and I don't know, maybe speak for 200 bucks. The next time you come out, I'll look into our budget and see if we can do this. Guys, again, benefit of the doubt. Let's imagine these people are being honest, right? Because that, that happens, right? There's times where that's all we have in the budget. Next year, I'll try to pay you more. So again, not talking about those individuals who are being honest. I'm talking about the vast majority of people who are unscrupulous in that. And again, these are my experiences, right? So you can get up in arms and say all you want. If you guys haven't been out there and you haven't put skin in the game and you haven't been traveling and you haven't had to price your services, do, do not send me a DM and say, well, I don't think you're considering this and you're being rude. No, everybody knows the big promiser. Take your emotions out of it because I've had people that say, hey, you know, do it here and I'll connect you with these people. And you know what? They have no desire to do that. They're not doing shit. They're not. They're getting you down there real quick. They're going to extract all they can out of you. And then that's that. It's another form of harvester. And we've seen this. I've agreed to go do lectures, whether it's 60 minutes, 90 minutes, two days, it doesn't matter. And then all of a sudden now you're having lunch with those people and they expect you to go to a dinner with them and then they're doing this and you can't get a moment alone. And it's not because they're genuinely enthused. Sometimes they are, but a lot of it is just they're trying to milk it. So listen, you guys, there's a double-sided nature to everything and you always want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but I'm sharing examples that I've lived and I have lived these. I have lived people saying, oh, you know what, it's do it because it'll give you credibility, you know, do it, uh, or I want to pick your brain, no offer of reciprocity, do it for the feel that they try to make you feel guilty. Um, uh, Not the non reciprocator, right? Oh, if you do this, I'll do that. And then the big promiser, oh, if you do this, this will happen. Look out for those levels of BS in your life. And look out for repeat offenders. Really look out for repeat offenders. Never." Be made to feel bad about what your time is worth because that is the only irreplaceable thing that you have in this world. It is. And you'll find that the people that value your time are often the ones that are going to do the most for you. Guys, I can tell you this. I had a friend um, do, uh, like I I connected them and and had them do some work for me recently. This was a person that was, uh, I can't give it away, but just let's call it like a brother to me. And I know very well that this person would have done what I asked them to do for free. And I paid them three times what I thought their average time was worth just to show them that respect. Just because I knew, hey, this guy's probably expecting me to ask him to do this for free. I want to show him how much. Now, am I suggesting that you guys need to do that? No. I'm just saying like the people that give a shit about you the most, the people that respect you the most will never insult you like that. Let me say that again. The people that respect you the most will never insult you like that. They'll never try to pull the credibility, the pick your brain, the do it for the field, the non-reciprocating, the big promises. They will never do that. And those people are the ones who should feel guilty. So if you are that individual, I'm asking you to check yourself. I really am. You need to check yourself because there is, when you look at types of commitment, guys, and this is kind of how we will end the episode because I'm past 15 minutes. Imagine that there are many definitions of commitment within the literature, right? Now, the one thing about commitment is it is a social act, right? A social act that specifically refers to the attachment of one person to certain values related to organizational goals. And that's from a 2013 article, a gentleman by the last name of All right? Now, there are three proposed components of commitment. Affective, So affective is wanting to do something because there's an emotional attachment to it. So let's say somebody, um, let's say they're in a toxic job, right? Um, Or they're a toxic situation. They stay with that organization or individual because they have this emotional attachment. They have this personal identification with it, right? And put more simply, like if you you think of this, like when I I talk about emotional attachment and uh, identification, it's just like, your mood state, your a lot of your identity is with that. That's affective. Another reason is normative. So normative commitment is I have a feeling of moral obligation to do this because maybe somebody helped you out or gave you your first chance or whatever, right? That That is most likely to be influenced by social norms and social comparison. Yeah, I want to do this, but... I feel like I need to be loyal to this individual or I feel like I need to give it a few more months, right? Those kinds of things, right? That's about how committed you think you should be and how committed others like you seem to be. That's another thing that influences that. And then finally, there's continuance. So, so far, the three types of commitment, we've talked about affective, we've talked about normative. Continuance is where people feel stuck because it's too costly to leave. And that's a big part of what happens with these things people feel like oh man if i don't reduce my rate a thousand dollars or 20 dollars or 30 dollars or whatever you know i don't i don't know if i'm going to get it again it's this scarcity idea continuance people feel like i can't leave because i don't know if i'm going to get another job i don't know if anybody else is going to be interested so what this boils down is you either do something because you feel like you actually want to you feel like you ought to or you feel like you have to right? I'm doing this because I want to, I ought to, or I have to. And you have to consider where's the crossroads between commitment to a cause and naivete. Think of all the horrible atrocities that have happened in history as the result of the quote unquote committed or obedient, blindly following orders, right? And being appealed to through guilt. I talk about it all the time and bought in. We talk about the Milgram experiments. We talk about what went on in uh, World War II. We looked at all these situations that people get themselves in, and they may seem grandiose and out of context here. They're not. People use guilt, and people use appeals to a moral higher power and all these other things to influence and manipulate people every single day. Ah, if you were in it for the right reasons, you'd make an exception. Ah, if you were a true blue, you wouldn't be doing this because it's not about you. It's about those we serve. Ah you're going to do that, huh? I thought you were loyal to this craft, right? There's always some don't fall for it, guys. Don't fall for it. Listen, if you're interested in more of these things, definitely check out our apprenticeship program. We go through um, role-playing scenarios where you can work on situations like this. Um, The apprenticeship is a really simple, uh, straightforward thing, guys. It's a two-day course, live course, and it's highly interactive, and it's the only place where you can really rehearse and refine your strategy for life's biggest moments and conversations, right? No matter what you're trying to do. We've had people, we've had an individual that uh, worked for the government out there that was trying to figure out better ways that he could communicate scientific findings to his superiors. We've had people that work in logistics and have to communicate to a a large team We've had young coaches who are 18 years old and are trying to figure out how to better reach athletes that are twice their age. We've had senior level coaches who can't figure out how to uh, you know, communicate with millennials. We've had members of the police force. These are about communication under constraints. And you can pass it up, but there's nothing else in our field right now that goes over this stuff. There's nothing else that does live film reviews, small group discussions, role-playing, improv breakdowns. And the keystone to it is the first social skills-based evaluation accepted in the literature, right? Something that is research-backed through and through that we go through. So I'd love to see you there. I hope this small episode was helpful. Don't let people make you feel guilty about going for what you're worth. Those of you that are listening right now that this resonates with, you know who you are. Those of you who feel like this is BS, you just haven't been through it yet or you're not paying attention closely enough. And I hope you never have to go through it. But this is a very real thing. And those of you that are using these tactics, cut the BS because you're coming across as unprofessional. You're burning bridges. I know for a fact there's at least three people that have asked me to do things for free just because they were part of a pro sports organization that I will never talk to again. I just won't. They've done it again and again and again. It's rude. It disrespects my family and they're disrespecting you guys too. So stand up for what you believe in. Like I said, it's fine to give them the benefit of the doubt, but there's repeat offenders and you know who those are in your life. So stand up for something and what you believe in. There are people out there that appreciate you. I'm one of them. Have a great rest of the day, guys. Have a great rest of the week whenever you're listening to this. And I hope this helps. Take care.